Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee served the Lord faithfully for more than 70 years, culminating with his exhaustive commentary on the entire scriptures called Life Study of the Bible. We're happy to bring you recorded excerpts from his ministry. At the end of the program, we'll give you the website where you can find out more about the remarkable ministry of these two men. But for now, we hope you enjoyed today's program. Surely Moses was a great man of God, used by him for his purpose. But chapter 2 of Exodus, the story of Moses from his birth until he was finally prepared by God for his use, is a story where women, females, play nearly all of the major parts. Is this just an idle curiosity, or is there a valuable message for us to be seen from these details? And joining us once again to add his comments is Ed Marks. Welcome once again to the program, Ed. Well, Chris, it's good to be back, especially at the inception of this marvelous exposition of the book of Exodus. And we saw at the end of our last program that God uses the female life very significantly in the accomplishment of his purpose. This may be a little hard to grasp, a concept that maybe is a little obscure when you first hear it. So for our listeners that haven't been with us, help us to understand what we mean with this type or symbol. Well, Chris, this is a good question, and this is very important for us to understand this, that actually every believer in Christ should be a female in the eyes of God. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, on the one hand, all of us are sons of God. Whether we're male or female, according to the Bible, we're all sons of God. On the other hand, whether we're male or female, all of us are the bride of Christ, the wife of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 11:2, Paul tells us that he espoused the believers to Christ as their husband, as a pure virgin to Christ. In Ephesians 5:25, we see that as believers, we are Christ's wife and he is our husband. Ultimately, in Revelation 21:2, we see that the New Jerusalem is the wife of Christ as the Lamb. So this shows that all of us believers need to be females in God's eyes. Now, what does the female life signify? And this is very important. The female life signifies the life that is utterly dependent on God. This is the life that we need to live. Just like the wife should be utterly dependent on her husband, we need to be dependent on Christ in every detail of our daily lives. We need to be submissive to him. Actually, we need to take him as our submission. He was a person when he lived on this earth that was 100% submissive to God the Father. So we need to enjoy his submissive life and his life that is utterly dependent on God to carry out God's purpose. Ed, you mentioned even in the New Testament, and this was in our first program in Exodus, that the Lord himself became a type of the female life in his human living. He was 100% dependent on God the Father, yet in his stature as part of the Godhead, he could have assumed a completely different posture, couldn't he? Exactly, Chris, but he didn't. Everything he did, he did in 100% dependence 
on God the Father. And this person lives in us now, and we need to enjoy his dependent life in us. Well, we're going to see these key females in chapter 2 of Exodus today. Let's join Witness Lee. This book makes chapter 1 at the first section, then chapter 2 at the second. In the first section, as we have seen, it was the slavery that Pharaoh exercised over the children of Egypt. Not only slavery, but also the slaughter, the killing. Then, after that first section, the second section gives us a record how God prepared a savior for all the children of Egypt. The female life in such a critical time is always used by God. In chapter 1, you have the midwife there, God sitting on the throne in heaven, and something happened on earth that the midwives would not go along with Pharaoh. Isn't this wonderful? Without the midwives in chapter 1, the race of Israel will be terminated. Then, without the female life in chapter 2, there would uh, have been no way for God to prepare a savior for them. The strange thing is this. In chapter 1, only one kind of female, the midwives. In chapter 2, the four kinds of females have been used by God. And the first female used by God to prepare such a savior was the mother who conceived the Moses and who bore Moses. Later on, she became the nurse, the nursing mother. The conceiving and the bearing mother eventually became the nursing mother. The second, Mary, Moses' elder sister was there. The mother and the daughter got to know that Pharaoh's daughter used to go there to take a bath. So they two were together. Then Pharaoh's daughter came. This is the third kind. And she came with many men. Look at the picture. The mother of Moses, sister of Moses, and then Pharaoh's daughter, and all the uh, female slaves around Pharaoh's daughter, a lot of females. Now, number one, you have the mother's life. Number two, you have the daughter's life. Number three, you have the king's daughter's life. And number four, you have uh, the uh, female slave's life. God used different female life to accomplish his purpose. Today, under such a critical time, for the Lord to have a way to carry on his economy, he needs a lot of female life. He needs a lot of mothers. He needs a lot of daughters or sisters. He needs uh, some royal princes. And he needs some female slave to carry out his plan that something could be perfected, something could be prepared to rescue God's people, to fulfill God's plan. 
Ed, it's very interesting that virtually all of the key figures in this chapter are females. What strikes me is that this is a chapter where God is preparing the way to move in his economy in bringing his people out of bondage. And all the key figures in this preparation virtually are females. Witness Lee makes a great deal out of this point, doesn't he? He does, Chris. And again, this is very significant. And what this shows us, Chris, is this. During critical times in God's move on this earth, the only life that can be used by God is the female life. And again, the female life signifies the life that is utterly, completely, fully, wholly, and thoroughly dependent on God. Now, we see in this picture of Moses' preparation how he was born and raised and trained for God's purpose through God using females, the female life, signifying a life that is utterly dependent on God. Firstly, we have Moses' mother. Moses' mother hid him for three months. And with Moses' mother, she conceived him, she bore him, she ended up nursing him. Then you have Moses' sister, Miriam. When Moses' mother hid him for three months, eventually she made an, an ark out of papyrus, and she put it you know, in the river. And Pharaoh's daughter saw that ark, saw Moses in that ark, had pity on this little baby, and Moses' sister was there. And what she did was she recommended to Pharaoh's daughter that her mother would be the nurse for Moses. This is the female life again, watching over Moses, recommending Moses, and establishing the proper connections for Moses. This is just marvelous. Then Pharaoh's daughter had a female slave, and she told that female slave to go and fetch that ark. And this signifies the female life helping and serving to carry out God's economy. Then finally, you have Pharaoh's daughter, and what did she do? She raised Moses, she taught Moses, and she trained Moses. So what you see from all these examples is that we need to live out Christ in typology as the female life, a life that is utterly dependent on God so that we can be today's Moseses who can be raised up by God and trained by God to accomplish God's purpose. Well, in this coming section, we're going to see Moses now really at a point in his life when he should be coming into his quote, quote, prime. But we are going to see God has another view, another idea. Let's join again Witness Lee. So this four times a female line, a man was not only born, but educated with the top, the highest culture, even with all the wisdom of uh, the Egyptians. When Moses became 40, he was confident, confident that he had been equipped and he had been perfected. He was really qualified. He was the savior. He was the one that uh, could rescue the suffering people. And he was naturally bold. And he was naturally strong. God doesn't use that. So God knocked him down. Could you imagine that one who were raised up in the Egyptian royal family, with the high culture on the top, right away 
from the top, God knocked him down to the bottom and remained there night with all the little cattle. And whatever he could talk, they couldn't understand. For here, surely he had to drop all the palace language. And he had to learn all the wilderness language. He needed to learn something different. Naturally speaking, he was eloquent. But, spiritual speaking, no. After 40 years, the second 40 years, he got distant to know. We all have to learn this one thing. To be used by God, there is need of a heart. But, your natural strength must be put aside. No natural eloquence, no natural knowledge, no natural ability, no natural talent, no natural energy, power, strength, might, whatsoever, as long as it is natural, God would never use. God used 40 years to build up such a strong man in the natural life. Then God used another 40 years to knock this man down every bit of his natural ability. This is God's way all the time to put you up, then <laughs> to knock you down. Then you would ask me, what's the use for uh, Moses to learn all the wisdom of the Egyptians? To be used by God, we sure need the wisdom, the knowledge. But not the raw knowledge. It has to be precious. It has to be cooked. This is not only our destination, but also our destiny. Please keep in mind that your natural strength, God will never use. Whatever you can do, natural, God will. Well, Brother Ed, the picture is getting clearer. First of all, all these female characters. And now Moses, the one male, was no good for God's purpose at the age of 40, the prime of his natural life. And rationally, it would seem that God would want to use Moses when he was the strongest. But in God's economy, it just doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't, Chris. And this is an absolutely marvelous point that I hope all of our listeners would see and would even pray that it would become their reality. Now, when Moses was in Egypt, he was a very, very powerful man. He was educated in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. And it came up to the age of 40, and we know from the story that he killed an Egyptian, hit him in the sand. He had to leave Egypt, where he became a shepherd for 40 years. And we can say that this was Moses' graduate school, where he was trained to have no confidence in his natural ability. And Chris, where we see this, if we look at Exodus 4, verse 10, by the time Moses was 80, God called him. Listen to what Moses said to the Lord when God called him. He said, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since. He says, I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. What a contrast. In Acts 7, it says he was powerful in his words. But 40 years later, he said, Lord, I can't speak. 
What is this? This shows that he lost every bit of confidence in his natural ability. Now, what does this mean? The Lord does not want to use our natural ability, our natural energy, or our natural strength. He wants us to learn to depend on him. He needs to be our energy. He needs to be our ability. He needs to be our fuel. When the Lord called Moses, he called him out of a bush. Moses saw this bush. This bush was a burning bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob called out to Moses from this bush. Well, the bush wasn't consumed, but God, the triune God as the fire, was burning in that bush. What this shows is that God wants to be our fuel. Our fuel should not be our natural ability, our natural strength. The Lord needs to be our fuel. He needs to be our ability. He needs to be our strength. And this again shows us that what the Lord was training Moses to do, Chris, was to live a life in utter dependence on him. We need to depend on God when you say, Lord, I need you to be my strength. I need you to be my ability. I need you to transform me so that I can be a useful servant of yours to carry out your purpose. Ed, in his life, Witness Lee was very impressed with this uh, picture of Moses, especially related to God's people in their service, uh, wasn't he? He brought this up many times in his ministry. He did, Chris, and it's very critical because in many circles, when someone has natural skill or natural ability, they right away say, oh, we need to use this person's skill and ability, even though they're a young believer. Well, what God does with us, though, and what he did with Moses, on the one hand, he builds us up. We need to acquire the best education and skill we can get. But then when we consecrate ourselves to the Lord, all that skill and ability has to go to the cross. It has to be terminated. And then it comes up in resurrection. And God becomes our skill and our ability and fills up our capacity, our God-given capacity, so that we can be used by him then what people see expressed in us and coming out of us is not ourselves, but God himself as our fuel, our strength, our ability, and our everything. Well, Ed, in our final portion today, we're going to turn the corner a little bit and see now there is some usefulness to the male life after it's been properly developed and matured in God's hand. A couple of verses at the end of chapter 2 are very striking. Verse 23 Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. And verse 24, so God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God acknowledged them. Let's again join Witness Lee. Moses was restored, adopted. As I said, by Pharaoh's daughter, he was fetched by that female slave. But then he was altogether rejected by the men. Right after the rejection, his female came to receive Whatever is raised by God, you must receive. How Moses was received. He was rejected because he was too bold. He was rejected because he was smited. Now he was received because he was helping, helping the weaker ones, helping the suffering ones. 
most powerful. Moses, no doubt, was perfected by the hand of his father-in-law, the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh. He was there under that experienced hand was finally perfect. Now, we may think this chapter should be good enough. Right at the end of the chapter, it says what? It says something to show there was urgent need of such a state. You see, at the end of the chapter, it records that the children of Israel were sighing, were groaning because of their bondage. And they cried to God, and their cry went up to the ears of God. So, God was reminded to remember his what? His covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that all their descendants should be brought into the good land. So God had, you know, to fulfill his promise. God was obligated to do this. So God, what? God looked upon them, and God took knowledge I tell you, this portion is included in this one chapter for the preparation of a Savior because there was such a need. The ending of the chapter shows what transpired in this chapter was the preparation of such a Savior to rescue God's people out of that kind of bondage. Today, the situation the same There is the need of this kind of female life. There's also the need of that one hand receiving male life. Then God could receive something and perfect something and use something to uh, change this eye, to rescue his people and to gain a people for the fulfilling of his purpose. And ultimately, God ended up with the proper male life, a life that was matured and no longer characterized by the natural strength. I appreciate how this chapter concludes with the Lord finally hearing the cry of his people for a Savior. What does the placement of these verses show us about how important the female life and the matured male life together are for God's accomplishment of his purpose? Well, Chris, let me talk about the male life first. What we see is that the male life signifies the life that is for God's purpose. Well, this shows us that Christ as life lives in us, and this is a life that is for God's purpose. This life in us needs to grow. It needs to mature. Then as it matures, it perfects the vessel that God raised up. For his purpose. So the Lord used Jethro to perfect Moses. In the same way, we need to allow Christ as life to grow in us, to mature in us, and then we can be perfected by God and be raised up by God to carry out God's purpose. And we can also be used by God to perfect others. This fulfills Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. In these verses, it says, God has given some apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers 
for the perfecting of the saints. On the one hand, the life of Christ within us needs to be mature so that we can be perfected. On the other hand, as it matures, the Lord can use us to perfect others for his purpose so that they can be useful vessels to carry out God's economy. We need to be like Moses. Number one, we need to have our heart fully for the Lord. We should consecrate ourselves to the Lord. Say, Lord, every day, Lord, I give my heart to you. And then we should always be a person who stands with the Lord's people. This is how Moses was. He had a heart for the Lord. He stood with the Lord's people. We need to be the same. And God has a way to perfect us and to use us to perfect others for the building up of his body. Ed, we're not through with Moses yet. This is Moses' story, the book of Exodus, and we're going to see many aspects of his life developed and unfolded for us. We have quite a journey before us. Thank you for being with us today, Ed. I'm looking forward to the next broadcast, Chris. Thank you. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org epublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and EPUB formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.